This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Ana alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh. Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyiati amalina. Min yahdihillahu falamudillillahu. ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فإن خير الكلام كلام الله عز وجل وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. بكم تا حديث number thirty eight number thirty eight إن شاء الله and it is a hadith that explains the situation that we are experiencing and that we're living today. As if the Nabi of Islam Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam Is watching what's going on right now And I negate Categorically and absolutely That Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Is not present now I negate the idea That he is hazir nazir Or that he has The ilm al-ghayb but what I will say is he was divinely inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as a result of that he has a lot of dala'il and nabuwa those things that he told us about that clearly indicate he's divinely inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or he wouldn't have never been able to tell us that like this hadith him telling us this over 1430 years ago clearly indicates that he had knowledge that was given to him by Allah from the unseen for certain situations. Today's hadith is the hadith of Thoban, Thoban, who was a free slave of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's been collected by Imam Ahmed, and the hadith has weakness in it. But the weakness, inshallah, does not render it as being da'if. Inshallah is hasan. But if you see somebody from the people of knowledge come and they say that this hadith is weak, hold your horses and relax. There are a number of hadith that are famous and well-known on the tongues of the people that some of the scholars don't agree that those hadith are authentic. So man said that the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yushiku, Al-Umamu Antada'a. كَمَا تَدَاعَ الْأَكَلَةُ إِلَى قِسْعَتِهَا فَقَالَ قَائِنٌ مِّنَ الْجُلَسَاءِ أَمِنْ قِلَّةٍ نَحْنُ يَا يَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَالَ بَلَنْتُمْ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ كَثِيرٌ وَلَكِنَّكُمْ غُثَاءٌ كَغُثَاءِ السَّيْلِ وَلَيَنْزِعَنَّ اللَّهُ مِنْ صُدُورِ عَدُوِّكُمَ الْمَهَابَةَ مِنْكُمْ وَلَيَقْفِفَنَّ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ الْوَهِنِ فَقَالَ أَحَدٌ مِّنَ الْجُلَسَى يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَمَا الْوَهْنُ قَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ حُبُّ الدُّنْيَا وَكِرَاهِيَةُ الْمَوْتِ Tremendous hadith from his Jawami' al-Kalim. And these ten days of the blessed ten days of Dhul-Hijjah, the days of the fifth Rukn from the Arkan of Al-Islam, the day in which all of the Arkan of Al-Islam are going to be practiced during these days. And this is the only time during the course of the year where we're going to practice the Shahadatain, the Salat, the Zakat, the Som, and the Hajj. So the Hadith is clear that the deeds that are done during these ten days are more beloved to Allah other than, and than any deed that you do outside of these ten days. The companions say, Ya Rasulullah, what about if someone does jihad outside of these ten days? If he does jihad in the month of Ramadan, 
and he makes dhikr in these 10 days, or he sits in a class, or he gives a class, or he reads the Quran, or he makes some kind of birru walidain in these 10 days, do you mean to tell us that these 10 days are better than jihad in Ramadan? He say yes. The good deeds of these 10 days are better than the deeds of jihad in any other days. Unless a person made jihad and he made the ultimate sacrifice and he got shahada. So I say number one about this hadith. To come to the masjid and to give da'wah to learn is from the best deeds. Allah loves this more than you making jihad. Outside of these 10 days. The second issue is... This hadith goes to show the importance of jihad in Al-Islam. So now in 2020, Al-Islam is under attack. Normative Al-Islam is under attack. You can't take a position that's clear in Al-Islam, except that you have to worry about being politically correct. No, we have to have hikmah and we have to say the truth. And let the chips fall where they may. Without getting in trouble. But if trouble has to come, then it got to come. What are you going to do? They won't be happy with you till you follow their way. So if your religion is pleasing people, you're in trouble, cuz. You're in trouble, son. That doesn't mean you get up and you make trouble for people unnecessarily. But right now... Political Islam and being politically correct means you can't say some of the things that we take for granted that's from our religion. Like this issue of jihad, the khatib, the imam, can't talk about jihad anymore. And if he talks about jihad, he'll say jihad here is talking about losing weight. Jihad here is talking about going on a diet. Jihad of the Quran, the only jihad today is the jihad of struggling with your children. All of those are examples of jihad. But this hadith is not talking about that. This hadith is talking about jihad. Fi It's talking about jihad. So we're going to say this hadith shows the virtues of jihad in that the companions heard. Look at the fiqh of the companions. The deeds of these ten days are better than the deeds outside of these ten days. What about jihad, Ya Rasulullah? It goes to show that they understood jihad was very high. The Prophet said about jihad in describing it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Rasul Amr al-Islam, Wa'amuduhu salat Wa'dhurutu salamih al-jihad, Fi sabiri that. The head of the matter is Al-Islam. And the amud of the religion is Salat. And the highest peak of the matter is Jihad. So a Muslim yesterday, a Muslim with the Salaf, was a person who sat there and he said, I'm going to make Jihad one day. Just as he sits there and he says, I'm going to get married one day. There's not a shab here, inshallah, except he thinks I'm going to get married. Back then, the way the Muslim personality is, I'm going to make jihad one day. Not losing weight jihad. Not running around the track for two miles. No, jihad. To defend al-Islam. To defend Islam. To push the dawah. To propagate Islam. To go to Jannah. Now, I want to say very clearly that we are not going to apologize about our religion. Just like we're not going to apologize about the salat, about the jilbab, about any aspect of Islam. We're going to slaughter, inshallah, during these 10 days. Now Muslims come and say, oh, animal rights, animal rights. You're killing the animals, the poor animals. <laughs> I'm not apologizing about the fact that I eat meat and the fact that I'm going to slaughter to get close to Allah. It's never going to stop. But we want to clarify. And don't look at me like I'm crazy. This man talking about jihad, we don't do that anymore. Oh, I, I, I bit my thumb, I bit my nail. I got a cuticle, my toe hurt. I ain't going nowhere. That's how our ummah is today. The jihad that we believe in and that we support is the jihad of al-Islam. The one that has ahkam, rules and regulations, adab, ways to act and to be and not to be. 
The jihad of Islam that's been legislated, not the facade of Boko Haram of Nigeria, Shabab of Somalia, Qaeda, the Qaeda ISIS, not that nonsense. Call it out how it is. Those people from the Khawarij and the Mufsiduna in the earth. I'm not talking about that stuff, but I'm talking about the religion. So these 10 days, the actually these 10 days, better than every other day. And the way we're looking at jihad, this hadith, is the end result. So Thoban said that the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the time is fastly approaching, he told his companions. Now you have to look at this from the angle and the context of he's telling his companions this. Who? In the battle of Badr, there were about 315 Muslims who were fighting over a thousand non-Muslims. That's how small they were at that time. You got to look at it in this context. The time is quickly approaching where the other nations, not the other tribe or tribes, the other nations are going to converge on this ummah and you people the way the diners converge on a plate. And what's going on linguistically is important. He used the verb entada'a alaykum. Entada'a, entada'a. And the wasn't of tafa'ala, which means an musharaka. The time is coming quickly. You, Shiku, is coming quickly. Where all of the other nations are going to converge on this ummah in the same way that people who are going to eat from the same plate, they come and they converge. And they're calling each other. You, come. Hey, you, come. It's not them just coming. Tada'i. Tada'i means the people are calling each other. Hey, come, man. You over there, come on. You, come. Come, come. It's not that they just came haphazardly. They just wound up there. They're inviting each other to come and eat. The diners will come together against you the way the people converge on a plate. When the companion heard that, just like the previous hadith, the deeds in these ten days are more beloved to Allah than the deeds outside of these ten days. The companions were not just robots sitting there, pieces of meat just sitting there. When they were here something, they were making stiff sar. What about this? What about that? That's the student. Doesn't just sit there, write everything that he hears. You're just dictating. Goes in one it. No. He has background information. What about this? What about that? And then after the class, if you ask the people, what did you get from that? You saw most of the information went over everybody's head. The companions were not like that. You mean to tell me all of the people going to come against us, Ya Rasulullah, all of the nations? That man said, will it be because we'll be few in numbers? We can't imagine that. Right now in this Arabian Peninsula, we have the power. So they're going to come against us because we are the minority during that day? Rasulullah said, no. From the Ilm al-Ghayb. You're not the minority. He said, you will be many during that day. Over a billion Muslims today. Over one billion Muslims. In Indonesia, they have over 220 million Muslims in Indonesia. Over a billion people to this ummah. One billion. And Al-Islam is the fastest growing religion today. How did he know that? He said, no. Entum yawma idhin kathir. You're going to be many people during that time. But you're going to be like the foam of the ocean. You're going to be like the scum. S-C-U-M. You know that white foam. The scum of the ocean. It's weak. It's scattered. It's not together. It won't stay. If you blow it, it'll just go away. Some of it moves here, moves there. It has nothing. It's nothing. It's zero. You'll be a lot of people, but you'll be like the foam, the scum of the ocean. And Allah Azrajal is going to take out of the hearts of your enemy the fear of you. And he's going to throw into your hearts al-wahin. 
They said, what is al-wahi, ya Rasulullah? What is that Arabic word? We're Arabs, we don't know. What is that? As it used to happen many times. He would explain what words were that came from him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What is al-wahin? He said, al-wahin is you're going to love the dunya and you're going to hate to die. So he's going to take the fear out of your enemy's heart. Because back during that time, the kuffar used to be afraid of the Muslims when it was proven the type of people that the Muslims were. The type of iman that they had and the brotherhood that they had and the way they existed after embracing al-Islam. They became people who, as Allah's Prophet said, and what was collected by the Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim, أُعْتِيْتُ خَمْسَ لَمْ يُعْتَهُنَّ أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ قَبْلِ وَأَوَّلْ شَيْءٍ ذَكَرَهُ قَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ نُسِرْتُ بِرُعْبِ he said, I was given five things. No other prophet, no other messenger was given before me. The first thing he mentioned was, I've been made successful when it comes to jihad and fighting. I've been, I win the war. I win by a rub. Allah puts fear in the heart of my enemy. So I'll beat them a month before I even get there. Before I set out from Medina, going to look for them, when those people hear that I'm coming from them, they leave. As Allah mentioned in the Quran. The Prophet would come for the people, they destroyed their homes and they left. When Rasulullah and the companions came, the stuff was destroyed. Because they didn't want to meet the companions. Why didn't they want to meet them? Khalid ibn Walid, one of the tremendous companions of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was a sword from the swords of Allah When he went to Persia, one of the many nations that came against this nation right now, but back then, Persia was big. Rome was big. When Khalid ibn Walid went to them in his regular clothes as a mujahid and the leader, he told those people, you accept Islam and you'll be safe. And if you don't want to accept Islam, then you give us the jizya. You pay us for protecting you. And if you don't do that, I guarantee you, I'm going to bring some people with me, radiallahu anhum, who love death more than you love life. That was the companions. They were Furusan bin Nahar, Ruhban bin Layl. During the daytime, those companions were warriors. And their children were warriors. The young man would come to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Rasulullah would allow this one to go to jihad. And his friend, his same age and size, Rasulullah didn't allow him to go. He would go home with his father and complain to his father, I'm stronger than him. Why did he go and I can't go? I can wrestle him. I'm stronger than him. The father would bring that boy back to Rasulullah. Ya Rasulullah, you let him go with his sahib, his friend. You didn't let him go. Rasulullah said, you could go. That's how they were. Their children were not sitting on PlayStation all day with low himma. Hey, he doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to do anything. Those were the companions. Radiallahu anhu. So when those non-Muslims realized what Rasulullah was cultivating, he would already win the war. But in this hadith, is telling us Allah would take the fear of the enemy away from you. And he'll replace that in your hearts with al-wahin. What is wahin? You love the dunya and you hate death. So loving the dunya is the reality of most people's situation from this ummah. Except the one that Allah blessed them. And loving the dunya doesn't mean that you necessarily just, you don't, you, you just do anything to get money. Loving the dunya is us not rectifying our situation when we know how the companions really were. I'm salafi, inshallah. But when it comes to the ibad of the salaf, when it comes to the brother of the salaf, those people back then, one of them would hope that he would die 
before his brother would die. Today, the person hopes his brother would die before he dies. No, back then it was everything was opposite. So concerning this tremendous hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it's describing what we're dealing with today. So the Sheikh Ali al-Halabi rahmatullahi, he described and called this chapter quality before quantity. This hadith shows the importance of quality, the quality of the khatib. Not how many khatibs, the quality, the quality of the imam. Not how many imams, the quality of his recitation and him knowing what he's doing. The quality of the du'at, not how many there are. So one of you married, you marry brother, you are married. How many children? I got nine sons, mashallah. Nine sons? But what are they doing, your nine sons? What have you developed from those nine sons? In terms of nine people making salat five times a day, nine people helping you to pay the bills, nine people protecting their sister and their moms, nine people helping the masjid, nine boys doing on and on, going to Hajj, going to Umrah, going... No, I got nine sons. Five don't pray, three apostated, and the other one is only two years old. That's not what this hadith is about. This hadith is about the quality, not the quantity. If you were to follow the majority of the people from our ummah, they'll send you astray. That's an ayat of the Qur'an. If you were to follow the majority of the people on the earth, they would send you astray. That ayah didn't say the majority of the non-Muslims. This is the majority of the Muslims. If you follow, you're going to go astray. You have to look for the people who know what they're doing. So we don't put emphasis on numbers like that. This hadith, Ikhwani, is talking about the time that is here now and the time that will continue to come. We ask Allah Ta'ala to help our ummah. And it comes as a direct result of the dunya, loving the dunya. The weakness comes as a result of loving the dunya. إن الله لا يغير ما بقوم حتى يغير ما بأنفسهم. Allah said in the Quran, Allah does not change the condition of a people until they themselves change their condition. That ayat means two things. It means if you're messed up, you're not Muslim, you're getting high, you're not praying, you're a bad person, you don't know what you're doing, you have anxiety, you have mental health issues because of the life that you're living, Allah won't change that until you become a Muslim and you change and make efforts to be better. You smoke cigarettes, Allah won't change that until you make effort to stop doing that. That's one meaning, that a person can go from bad to good. When you make an effort and you take a step, Allah will come running towards you, as the hadith said. The other meaning of that is, if you're on good, like what the companions left us. The companions came, they fought, they established a deen, the religion is clear. The tabi'een came, the followers of the tabi'een came, the next group of people, and it got weak and weak and weak and weaker. Allah won't change the good condition of this ummah until this ummah changes what the companions were upon. And that's why Allah described the companions. وَمَا بَدُّلُوا tabdila. من المؤمنين رجال صدقوا ما أهد الله عليه منهم من قضى نحبه منهم من ينتظر وما بدلوا تبديلا The companions didn't change anything Allah said Rasulullah died Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they were on that deen but the deen has been changed now how has it been changed Hazim Nazar the Mawlid Rasulullah didn't die Ilm al-Ghayb Rasulullah knows it. We have madhahibs where we hate each other. We have racism. We don't pray. These are the days of al-hajj. The days of al-hajj. Everything about these ten days screams a tawheed, a tawheed, a tawheed. Labbaik Allahumma labbaik is what the pilgrim says. Oh Allah, here I am. Labbaik la sharika laka labbaik. You have no partners. When he wants to do his ihram, he wants to do hajj or umrah. He said, oh Allah, here I am, I'm going to perform hajj. No riyah, I'm not showing off. Everything. 
You go around the Kaaba seven times making dua to Allah. After that, you make two rakats behind the maqam of Ibrahim. You read Surah Al-Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun. First rakat. Next rakat, Qul Huwallahu Ahad. Tawheed, Tawheed, Tawheed. And yet the Muslims who make Hajj this year make dua to Ali. Make dua to Abdul Qadir Jailani. Make dua to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Dua, dua with PhDs say, as long as you don't believe the dead man is Allah, you're not making shirk. That's our community right now. Hocus pocus, bananas. Everything is off the charts. So concerning this issue, the dunya, listen to what Allah Azzawajal mentioned, and this is why the companions had this situation in check. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَا لَكُمْ إِذَا قِيلَ لَكُمْ انْفِرُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ اثَّاقَلْتُمْ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ أَرَدِيتُمْ بِالْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا أَرَدِيتُمْ بِالْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Oh you believe, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? When the call is made to come to make jihad في سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ You hold on to the earth. You don't want to go. You don't want to make sacrifices. Have you found yourself pleased with the hayat of the dunya? Allah mentioned, وَمَا مَتَعَ الْحَيَاتِ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ Hayat al-dunya is nothing but it's a little bit. And then he threatens the people, إِلَّا تَنْفِرُوا يُعَذَّبْكُمْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمًا وَيَسْتَبْدِلْ قَوْمٍ غَيْرُكُمْ وَلَا تُدُرُّهُ شَيْئًا وَاللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ If you people don't go out, Allah is going to change you with a different group of people. He's going to change you with a group of people who, they don't have a problem going out. They don't have a problem doing what they have to do to carry this religion. When Arabs, Asians, Africans, people who are Muslims, Turkish people, Muslims in the globe. When we don't take the responsibility of the message, Allah just sends other people. From you and from other than you, Allah doesn't need us. So the dunya is the mushkia. Look at the hadith of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Describing the condition. Now, إِذَا تَبَعَيَعْتُمْ بِالْعِينَ وَأَخَفْتُمْ أَذْنَابَ الْبَقَرِ وَرَضِيتُمْ بِالزَّرْعِ وَتَرَكْتُمْ الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ سَلَّتَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ ظُلَّا لَا يَنْزِعُهُ حَتَّى تَرْجِهُ لَدِّينِكُمْ Look at this hadith. If you people start, listen to this hadith. He told his companions, if this community and the people start to involve themselves in riba, al-ina, which is a type of riba, if the people like that, who here doesn't have riba? Who here, now the question really is, who has the less amount of riba, the least amount? He said, if you people start to engage in transactions with riba, and you take the tails of cows, meaning you become preoccupied with agriculture and taking these cows and animals. And you start to make a zara. You become, you know, start becoming agriculture. You know, become farmers, the dunya. And you leave al-jihad, fi sabili that. Then Allah will make you low. And he won't take that lowliness off of you until you go back to your religion. Go back to the five arkan of Islam, the way they were brought to us. The tawheed of Allah and his rububiyah and his uluhiyah and his asma wa sifat. Understanding it and practicing it the right way. Praying five times a day. And the people who are under us, our wives and our children. Giving zakat. Fasting in Ramadan. And making hajj. You got to go back to your religion. What, what, what's the religion? The religion is a jihad, fi sabirillah. The jihad that we can't talk about. The masjid, if the word jihad is used, although you're clearly saying, I'm not talking about boko, haram, shabab, ISIS, none of that nonsense, because they kill us. They kill us. As the Prophet again prophesied, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said that those people... يَقْتُلُونَ أَهْلَ الْإِسْلَامِ وَيَدْعُونَ أَهْلَ الْأُوْثَانِ They kill the Muslims and leave the people polytheism alone. They kill us. So we're not talking about that mess. Our religion today, there are people who look at those people who 
engage in that type of facade, they say they're the heroes. They're the heroes. The ones who kill people innocently and indiscriminately. They're the Mujahideen. That's how people of our Ummah understand. Anyone who goes to prison, he's a good sheikh because he's in prison. He's a good sheikh. We don't know what he said, what he didn't say. The sign from being good is he's in prison. It's a sign. That's not our religion. He may be a good sheikh, may be a bad sheikh, but we don't determine that. He's in the prison, so he's good. He may be, he may not be. We have to see, listen, what is the person saying? So some of the people who are in prison deserve to be in prison. May Allah help all of the Muslims. They deserve to be in prison. They're breaking the law. The best place for them is in the prison. And don't you sit there thinking, oh, he's talking about my sheikh, Funan. Am I? No, no, did I say your sheikh? There are some people who deserve to be in prison because of what they're saying and what they're doing. Causing fitna for the Muslims. So Allah won't take that lowliness off of you until you return back to your deen. Now listen to this hadith, Ikhwani, again. The picture is that the people who come together and sit at this plate, they say to each other, come. Now, if someone prepare food for you, you come and the food is there. There for the taking. You just take your knife, your fork, and you just cut into the meat and you eat at your leisure. It's open season. There's going to be absolutely no actions from the food to stop you from eating it. That's our condition. They want to come to our country. They want to take our resources. They want to kill our people. They want to fish in our waters. Somalia doesn't have a government. They have the Red Sea over there in Somalia. They don't have a government. It's a lot of fish in those oceans. You know the people from around the world go to Somalia and fish up all of that, man, and take it home? Do you know that? That's just an example. And then some of the waste that comes from these countries. They don't pour it into their oceans. They bring it to the oceans of the Muslims and pour it where we are. And no one stops them. No one stops them. And I'm not talking and trying to get you pumped up to go do something crazy. I'm saying, no, pump your brakes, son, and relax. What we have to do is be balanced and do something not crazy, but something ma'akul, something we've been commanded to do. Allah has promised those people from amongst you who believe and you do righteous deeds, Allah will give you al-khilafah in the earth. People want the khilafah by getting the microphone and screaming, the khilafah, the khilafah, al-jihad, al-jihad. But he doesn't pray. He can't tell his wife, put a hijab on. He can't tell his wife, don't pluck your eyebrows. He can't even do that. But he's screaming, jihad, jihad. Jihad, yaakhi. If we all perform jihad in our own homes, Allah will establish the khilaf in the earth and they'll bring about the circumstances. It's as simple as that. But the da'i, the sheikh, the imam, the teacher who's screaming and he's saying these aqwal al-barraqa, I mean some of the statements in the ibarat, they are gleaming, they're beautiful. Al-Islam, al-Islam, al That's beautiful, Akhi, but that's just kalam. What was the religion during the time of the companions is the religion now. What wasn't the religion doing then is not the religion now. Allah won't rectify people's condition until the people rectify their conditions themselves. So the people said, come, just take it. You won't have any problem taking it because the food is not fighting back. And just as the food doesn't fight back, our ummah doesn't fight back. You can't do anything. That's the condition. So if we look at those people, look at the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I wrote down some of these nations. It didn't say a tribe. African Americans are going to come against you. The people of Darod are going to come against you. Just the Darod, they're going to come against you. Hawi are going to, nope, didn't say that. The Qahtans of the Arabs, didn't say that. Pashtuns, nope. He said nations. Look at the condition of the Muslims. And this is just a few. 
we have African nations, non-Muslims against us. South Africa, West Africa, East Africa, North Africa, they're against us. You saw what happened in Morocco the other day with those other Africans from West Africa who were just trying to leave their country to get a better life. You saw how they were dealt with. Why? Because of their color and their religion. So how they were dealt with? Look at the people before them who made it to Greece and what the Greeks did to them. No different. How can you do that to human beings? Regardless of whether they're black, white, purple, green, Muslim, non-Muslim. How do you beat people up who are just saying, Allah's earth is spacious. We want to get out of here just to make a new way. No, you get beat to death. So when I say things that I say about Africa, don't you get it misunderstood for a minute. There are Africans who are Shayapin. Shayapin, who are against our religion and against us. Africans, Chinese, Indians, Persians, Arabs. There are different Arabs in the Arab world against Al-Islam. From every nation. Europeans. Is that every European? No. Every African? No, obviously. But the amount of people who are against this ever-grown religion, kathiru ma'hum, they are a lot. It just doesn't stop with nations neither, with umum. It's religions. Christians, Jews, atheists, agnostics, Hindus, Sikhs. And some of them hate al-Islam with a passion. Sikhs and Hindus hate Islam with a passion. Zionists hate Islam with a passion. Mushrikun. وَلَتَجِدَنَّ أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ عَدَاوَةً لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا الْيَهُودِ وَالَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا Yes, my brother. Someone boxed my man's car in, man. Someone boxed my homie's car in. Who did that? It's right by the entrance. It's all right, my man. Sorry about that, homie. On behalf of the brother, sorry about that. From those people who are against our religion, feminists, vegans, vegetarians against Muslims because we eat meat. You don't want to eat meat? That's your business. Vegans, feminists, vegetarians, Democrats, Republicans, labor, conservative. Everybody is against us. Everybody. And then look at us. We have time with this reality to begin to be against each other. You saw the adawa, the hatred and the enmity, when the brothers came from America and they left their homes to come give dawah to Allah in this country. It was an opportunity for people give dawah in communities to say, okay, our children are going to go get inspired. Okay, the brothers are going to give dawah to non-Muslims. That's how it's supposed to be. But instead of it being like that, we hate each other. Despite the fact we have all of this enmity and animosity. And that's why I look into the audience, Ikhwani, if you have multiple brothers, two, three, four brothers, stop being a knucklehead and being at odds with your brother and your family members. You got to be close with your family members. Like Yaqub's sons were. Yosef and his brothers. You got to be close with your family. That doesn't mean you're not going to have misunderstandings. Some of us are more easygoing and gentler with people. We're not our relatives and our own blood. Brothers and sisters, we can't get along. Like we're still kids having sibling, sibling rivalry. You're 25 years old, brother. So we have to be close to our brothers and our sisters. And we have to be close to each other. Who in his right mind, in his right mind, uses the religion of Islam to hate other Muslims? No. We hate what they're doing and what they're not doing. Just like it can be hated what you're doing and what you're not doing and what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. We don't like innovation, kufr, shirk, misbehavior. But those are our brothers. They're our brothers. The Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, brought a religion telling us, the deen, everything is in moderation. This dunya is a big mushkila. Dunya mal'una, mal'unu ma fiha. This dunya is cursed. Everything in it is cursed. The only things that are not cursed in this dunya is the dhikr of Allah, like you do in these days. 
The only thing that's not cursed from this dunya is what is connected to the religion. Anything that will get you into Jannah, take you away from the hellfire, that's not curse. And what's not curse, number three, is a person who's a scholar or a person who's a student. He's learning his religion, learning her religion. As for the one who is all about the dunya, everything is about the dunya. And again, the dunya is... I have to get the latest iPhone. It's not always you have to steal from the dunya. It's just not prioritizing. For an example, as parents, we have to have some kind of desire to make sacrifices as it relates to educating our children. Educating our kids. Don't give your kids to the enemies of Al-Islam and then expect them to come out okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. More than likely, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So be balanced in the dunya. That's what the companions were upon. May Allah be pleased with them. But the dunya, whether it's collecting the dunya or loving the dunya, like loving position. Allah mentioned in the Quran, Obey Allah and obey His Messenger. And don't fight one another. Don't be at odds with each other. Because if you are odds with each other, you're going to tafshilu. You're going to not succeed. You're going to be fashion. Your masjid won't thrive. Your ideas won't thrive. Your business won't thrive. Your family won't thrive. Your marriage won't thrive. Don't have a munaza'ah. Always arguing and fighting. He doesn't see it my way. I don't see it his way. Like what happened recently. Niza, people are fighting. And our religion told us what to do. وَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّهُ وَلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ If you guys do disagree and you may have a misunderstanding, then refer it back to Allah and His Messenger. If you truly are believers. Why do we have to keep fighting? No, boycott him. No, he shouldn't go there. No, I'm not going to go here. No. All of the drama from our community. All of the drama. This is the condition that the Prophet was talking about. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Do not have this thing where you're fighting each other and then you become those people who won't be successful and you'll lose strength. Ikhtilaf will cause you to be weak. It'll cause you to be weak. Yaqub told his sons when they were going to Egypt and they were looking for their brother Yosef, he's giving them advice as a jamaat collectively. He said, when you get there, go and enter into the city from different doors. Don't go into the same door at the same time. Because if you all go into the same door at the same time and your enemy sees that, they'll kill you all at one time. You're done. We got to save the Jama'ah. You go through that door, you through that door, you through that door, because we have to look out for our community, our masjid, our ummah, our family, our marriage. Arguing is a problem, Ikhwani. As you, how many of you are married? How many of you are married? How many of you are not married? You're the majority, the Aghlabiyah. May Allah make it easy for you guys. For the married brothers who are here right now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many married brothers, you don't have to raise your hands, how many married brothers are here and they are not salty with their wife right now, upset with their wife right now? Brother, the brother is smiling. You're going to get salty with your wife. That's just how it goes. But you can't be upset with her all the time. She can't be upset with you all the time. But that's the condition of the marriages. It's the condition. Our ummah is jammed up. And it is mind-boggling that those of us who are given dawah, we do nothing except to help to continue to generate negativity. The dawah of these du'at, refuting each other all the time, day after day, day in and day out. I say, no, you got to stop that. We want to use some of these brothers who have intelligence and they're good at giving dawah to atheists and progressives and people like that. That's not everybody's cup of tea. You do that, brother. We, we, we encourage that. Why are we fighting each other? Well, what's that about? And then, then don't nobody sit there and think that I'm saying, 
They that's all sing songs about come by here, my Lord, and all that. I ain't saying that. I'm saying we have to be on the correct way of the religion. But how do we get on the correct way? Your way, only your way, and what you say? And everybody else has to hit the highway? And that's what we find with people. I don't see it the way you see it. Wallahi, people wouldn't even let some of these brothers who came here that last, they wouldn't even want them to come to Green Lane. Why? Because in their opinion, Green Lane is not deserving. Come on. So, Ikhwani, listen. I'm asking you all, wake up and smell the coffee. I want you brothers as my students, my brothers, to be of those people who give people excuses. Be of the people who say, man, but for Allah's rahmah, that could have been me. Let me support the man. Doesn't mean you're, you're easy with innovation and shirk and kufr and masiyah. No, you're just real with it. Somebody stand up who I have no mistakes here. You stand up. You don't have mistakes here. Ain't nobody going to stand up. It's, it's ridiculous. As a person giving dawah, I'm talking down on the people. Me. Me, me. I'm talking down. And it's me. I'm the one. And all. What are you talking about? People who are really, really religious and righteous like that, they don't scream like that. They're not like that. They're just very easy. They're the type of, type of people who, when they knock on the door, people don't open the door. When they come, people don't notice them. The people were loud. Everybody, look at me. Look at me. I'm on the sun. Why are you talking like that? You're supposed to be using your voice and the position that you have to try to encourage the people to cut out the ikhtilaf, to stop the unnecessary fighting, to stop the unnecessary expelling people from al-Islam and so forth and so on. That's what you're supposed to do with your voice, not judging people, closing the door on people. So in concluding, Ikhwani, this hadith is definitely telling us about the condition of the Muslims today, that if we turn away from the religion of Allah, anyone who turns away from Allah's religion, he's going to have a rough life. His life is going to be problematic. And Yom Al-Qiyamah gets worse and that Allah will raise him up and he'll be blind. It'll give worse for him. The religion is against that. Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to Ubaidah, Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah, when he went to conquer and to accept the key from the Christians in Palestine at Beit al-Maqdis, he told those Muslims, we are a group of people that Allah has honored us with al-Islam. When we try to get honor, and other than Al-Islam, Allah is going to bring us down. You want to get honor in a Rolex white watch? You got a Rolex, you got a Rolex. That's what you get honor in. It's permissible to have a Rolex watch. It's permissible. But is that what it's about? This is what I was shababbing, hip-hop culture. That rapper has a watch and he has this, he has his, he has his grills. He has that. That's what I want to do. That's what, I, what? That's what you want to do? Is that what you, that's what our shababs desire to be. Our daughters, some of the Muslim girls, they desire to be groupies. So anytime the Muslim tries to get honor in other than this religion, the direct result of that according to the fiqh of the Amir al-Mu'mini Umar is that Allah is going to put you down. He's going to put you down. When the Prophet ﷺ was in the cave with Abu Bakr and they were only two, thaniest name, thaniest name, they were only two. And the Kuffar came and the Muslims were never the majority. 315 people at the Battle of Badr and now we have over a billion people. At the Battle of Badr they won. We have over a billion people. You would think we would be a force to be reckoned with. Nah. Rasulullah said to Abu Bakr, and they were only two, La tahzin, in Allah ma'ana, don't be afraid, Abu Bakr. Don't be afraid of them seeing us, getting us. Don't be afraid. Allah is with us. How is Allah with us? Allah is with everybody. He's with everyone. He's with you wherever you are. Even if you're in the high Baruj palaces, uh, 
Allah is with you. He's with you in his ability to see, his ability to hear, his knowledge. He's with you. But Allah is over his throne in a way that befits his majesty. But he's with everybody. But he's with the believers. He's with Abu Bakr, with Rasulullah and Abu Bakr, protecting them. The ma'iyya al-khasa. He's with them in a special way. You pray, you have tawheed, you do the right thing, Allah is with you. The hadith al-Qudsi. Rasulullah said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ عَبْدِي إِلَيَّ بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا افْتَرَضْتُ عَلَيْهِ وَلَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلْ حَتَّى أُحِبُّهُ وَذَا أَحْبَبْتُ كُنْتُ يَدُ كُنْتُ سَمْعُ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ بِهِ وَبَصْرُ الَّذِي يُبْصِرُ بِهِ وَيَدُهُ الَّتِي يَتْمِشُ بِهَا This hadith connected to this issue in our reality. How is Allah with you? When you do the religion. Allah said, my slave does not get and draw close to me with anything that I love more than what is wajib. What is fard. So in these 10 days, you have to do tawheed. You have to pray. You have to give zakat. You have to fast Ramadan, your old days. You have to make hajj. You can't be a person who's not praying and then you're fasting. You got to do the arkan of al-Islam. And if my slave continues to do the nawafil things, those actions that are nawafil, then I will love him. And if I love him, I become the ears by which he hears, the eyes by which he sees. I become the hand by which he strikes. And if my slave asks me for something, I'll give it to him. And if he made isti'adha, I'll protect him. That's our religion. Again, it's a delil and indication. Why is our ummah in the condition? The, Allah said, if we do, we, do, we do the fara'it, if we do the things that are wajib, and we do the nawafil, if we do those things, you become the odi of Allah. When you listen to people, like the radio and all of this, you'll be listening in a way where you can discern the truth. You don't go for the okey-doke. You don't go for the 69 fake out. When you see things, you see them for the reality. Because you're doing what's fard. You're doing what is from the nawafid. But if we're not doing the fard, like I always mention, and it's not putting anybody down, there's no one here except that we know people who don't pray. Who don't pray fajr prayer, and they don't pray the other prayers throughout the course of the day. The only time that they pray and they're Muslims is when? Something happens. Father gets sick, mother gets sick, and have a baby, going to need a job, and then people start praying. That's our ummah. But the people who are praying and the people who are trying with ikhlas and so forth and so on, if you make an effort and I make an effort, then Allah becomes the hand by which you strike. Meaning, the Prophet ﷺ was about to start the battle of Badr, 350 people, 315 and he picked up the dirt and threw it at the kuffar. Just one hand of dirt. You didn't do that. Allah threw. Allah became the hand by which you threw that dust. And it blinded the non-Muslims. And it made an equal and even playing field. That's the point. So gently, easy, one step at a time. Don't forget this hadith. Quantity is better than quality. One of the hadith we took, if you remember, he said, People are like 100 camels. 100 camels is that thing that the Arabs used to understand. What's 100 camels? What is that to the Arabs? Huh? Wealthy? No. What is that? Who knows? Yes. Huh? He's what? No. Yes. No. Ayub, Ayub. Yes, my man. Zamzam. No. Huh? Pay attention, Ikhwani, because we took this hadith from this book. 
He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-nas kal-ibil mi'a, la takadhan tajid fiha rahila. The people are like 100 camels. 100 camels is like we say a dozen eggs, a dozen donuts. How much is a dozen? How many? 12. In our culture, 12. Why did they come to 12 as opposed to 13, 15, 20? That's how it is in the, country, in the culture. Arabs say 100 camels. The meaning of the hadith is, you know how they say uh, pitches worth a thousand words? Why do they say a thousand words? Why do they say that? Rasulullah and Jahiriya, they say a thousand, a hundred camels, meaning, Hadith said, you can barely find one camel suitable to ride. People are like a hundred camels, like a dozen of a dozen, a, a hundred. If you looked through one hundred of them, this one is too old. That one got worms in his nose. That one doesn't want you to get on his back. That one over there, is, his leg is short. That one over there, is, he's going to die soon. This one over here, he's blind. That one over there, they all have defects. You can barely find one person who's going to benefit you. That's the meaning of it. The people come a dime a dozen. They are many people. The hadith said, for every 1,000 people Allah created, 999 going to the hellfire. So there are 100 people lined up. 100. You need a job. What's the job you need done? I just need to get my family from here to Heathrow Airport and that's all, get them checked in. Well, when you come to this brother, he doesn't know how to drive. When you go to that brother, he drives, but he's a speed demon. You go to that brother, he doesn't have a car. You go to this one, he doesn't know his way to London. Everybody has an excuse. He said the people are like that. It's not about the quanta, quality, quantity. There are a hundred people here. You go to the soccer game, the football game, and the people are screaming and hollering, 50, 60,000 people. How many of those people can explain to you why were they created? 60,000 people looking at a ball being kicked off, and they are passionate about that ball. You ask them, hey, yeah, you and nice. why were you created? They won't be able to give you an answer. So this hadith is a clear indication that Quantity in most instances, but most of them disbelieve in Allah. Most of them don't believe in Allah. Most of the people. That's one of the most important uh, aspects of this, this hadith, as well as the fact that the Nabi told us about this over 1400 years ago. It is a sign that leaves no doubt. He was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay, Ikhwani, don't forget what a hundred camels are in this context of today's class. And that's the people are like one hundred camels. You can barely find one camel out of all of those who would be suitable to ride, who can take care of the job. He can't take care of the job. She can't take care of the job. Okay, Ikhwani, if you guys have any questions, you can put your question forward. Halindakum shay. There are always going to be a group of people who will be the minority, right? Badal Islam Gariba Wasiyaudu Gariba Kama Bedaa Fatuba Lilguraba. Al Islam begin as a stranger is gonna return as a stranger. So Jannah for the strangers. When they asked him, Who are the strangers? He said, A group of people who are few. They'll be surrounded by people who are many. Those who follow them are fewer than those who listen to them. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La tazalu ta'ifatu min ummati ala al-haqi mansura. There will always be a group of people from my ummah. Not all of the ummah, but a group of people from my ummah who will always be on the haq. And they'll always be 
victorious. Always. There will be a group of people who will always carry the responsibility of this religion. Their job is to stop the people who go overboard, to stop the people who give the wrong interpretations, to stop the people who try to mess the religion up. So there will always be people who will be in the Salat, in the Masjid, in the Jamaat, in the world, in the city, who are beneficial. You will always have that. But there never, never is the, the majority. Never. All right? Any more questions? Yeah, yeah. I'm just describing the condition of the people. My relatives, for an example, they are of the belief with Iman that is Yaqeen to them that Isa ibn Maryam died on the cross for their sins. And as a result of that iman and that yaqeen that they have, they suffer in the cause of that. They spin in the cause of that. They do things showing and proving. They truly believe that. Whereas as Muslims, we know that that religion is not correct. Worshiping what they worship and how they worship is not correct. And we know that al-Islam is correct. What the Prophet brought and said, that Quran is clear. Mu'jizat that are happening. And yet, we don't exist with the level of yaqeen that some of them exist with. We exist with doubt. We have, we have um, religious crises, some of our shabab, when they go to the university. They go to the university and they start doubting Allah. They go to the university and they start changing from the sunnah to other than the sunnah. Our kids go to the university and our kids start saying things like, uh, you know, Maybe I can be a they, a they, but you're only one person. So what? I want to be a they. I want to be a we. Why can't I be a we? A we? Yeah, why come on? Everybody else is doing it. We have all of this stuff where we have doubt. So it's not acceptable for Muslims to be on al-Islam and exist, and those people are like that. You people are the upper hand. You people from this ummah, you're the upper hand, not these people. Any more questions, Ikhwani? Three things at what? today hmm? yeah the hadith said that if a person um, does the wajib things Allah loves that more than anything else that you do the wajib things the non-wajib things he loves them as well but the wajib things are more beloved and if the slave does the nawafil, the sunnah things, then he becomes beloved by Allah. And if Allah loves him, Allah becomes the hearing by which he hears, the seeing by which he sees, and the striking by which he strikes, and the walking by which he walks. Meaning, he'll get the tawfiq from Allah. Allah will guide him and protect him divinely and help him. Send him the right girl to marry. Send her the right boy to marry. Make it easy to do the things that have to be done to make you successful. Go ahead, my brother. Jihad. The, the definition of jihad, as the scholars of Islam in the Arabic language, a jihad means al-mushaqqa, the difficulty. So um, when, you are, um, when you lose weight, when you have to wake up for fajr, that's jihad. It's difficult. It's heavy on you. The most heaviest, difficult salat 
I'm the hypocrite. It's not the fudge. It's thakil. It's this thakil. But in the ling, in the, the religion, al jihad is bethul wusa, doing your utmost to make the kalima of Allah uppermost in the earth. And there are three types of jihad. There's the jihad, which is the highest jihad in terms of the reward, and that's the jihad with the sword, where you kill and you get killed. The other type of jihad, that's the, the, the sword. The other jihad is the jihad of the tongue, where you talk out. That's why Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran to the Prophet in the beginning of Islam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Jahidhum bihi jihadan kabira. They were in Mecca, they weren't fighting. Allah told them, You make jihad with it, with the Quran. Make the major jihad. It was just to say, Do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And then you have the jihad with your limbs. You have the jihad with your limbs. The most difficult jihad to do is the jihad al nafs. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al Mujahid, Man Jahid al Nafsuhu fi Zatillahi. The real mujahid is the one who fights his nafs for the sake of Allah. Anybody can get a gun and go out and shoot people. Anybody can do that. But to make jihad, to stop smoking, to get up for salat, to get your anger management in, in, in control, to get whatever are our bad, um, our bad um, qualities. Laysa shadid bas-sara' walakina shadid al-ladhi yamliku nafsu wendil ghadab. It is not strength, being strong, that you can got muscles and you beat everybody up in jihad other than that. Being strong is controlling your anger. Controlling your anger. Not saying the things you say the way we are. The way some of us are. May Allah Ta'ala make it easy for us. We're going to stop here, inshallah Ta'ala. And we want you guys to work out. Learn mixed martial arts. We have this brother here. He's a mixed martial artist right there, an expert. He's under the radar. Maybe we should take some lessons with this brother. Run, eat well, so that you'll be able to protect yourselves. Disclaimer, I do not support this stuff that these people call jihad. Jihad in al-Islam is in the Quran, has its people, has its time, it has its place, it has its rules, its regulations. We don't apologize about it. When done properly, it's from our religion. If someone came to us and said, don't talk about it, forget about it, we're going to say that's kufr to do that. This is something that Allah Ta'ala is legislating his religion. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa ashadu an la ilaha illa an. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.